The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy Dex with the I Am Pitch Podcast, and we are back for another episode. As you see, we're slowly making our way up to episode 100. Almost two and some cha- years and some change later, man. Getting closer. Glad to still be here. Glad to still be doing the podcast. Glad to still be talking to you all, providing you all with that content. I know I'm a little wait late on this uh, latest episode, and I ain't gonna lie, I got lazy. Told y'all, I've been going through some things, man. I was just kind of my way, like, man, I was sitting in the chair last week, like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I was like, you know what? God, I ain't got it in me today, man. I ain't got it in me. And I just said no. So my apologies to you all for being lazy and that making you all the priority. I took one of them uh, millennial mental health days, you know, decided I was going to use it. And I'm glad I did. Definitely glad I did. I, I really needed it, man. Especially the last few weeks here in Louisville and policing. It's been it's been a little wild, but at the same time it's been not too wild. So I tell people where I work now, it's it's really weird. So it's still in the city, but it's a smaller city within the city. And the best way I can describe it is there are two modes. It's on or off. That's it. Two modes, man. It's like literally the switch is on and crap is hitting the fan every day, every second I can't breathe. And then the other mode is light switch down black pitch black. Ain't nothing happening. There's a literally there's literally no in between where it's like, yeah, we're kind of busy. We're kind of steady. It's like it's either all the way in or all the way off. And man, the last couple of weeks has been kind of a mixture of both. You know, on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago, I was telling people it was weird because it was the first day of summer school was out. And I was like, man, we're probably going to get our butts kicked today. And I go to shift and literally. That Wednesday, I didn't get a single call for service. I was like, oh, well, we're going to make up for that tomorrow night. Thursday night, nope. Didn't get a single call for service. Then Friday night, got one call for service. And then that weekend, I maybe got like a total of two calls. And then you have other days where, like the other day, we came back from our uh, four-day weekend, go to work. And, man, next thing you know, I'm not going to say we're getting hammered. My partner, Dave, was getting hammered. And for some odd reason, it was domestic day. And we had a ton of domestics. And for some odd reason, poor Dave kept getting stuck with every domestic. And then one of them just so happened to be in Spanish. And Dave don't speak of that Spanish. And neither do I. Everybody looks at me every time somebody starts speaking Spanish. It's like, hey, Border Patrol, come here. I'm like, bro, there's a reason I'm not in the Border Patrol. And there's a reason I'm not at the southern border. I don't speak the Spanish. Not even close, my man. But, yeah, he just got smashed, man. I was just like, God bless. I feel bad for this dude. And then turns around the other day, yesterday was kind of my day, man. I, I don't know what it was, but I mean, I'm getting sent on call to call to call to call. And then they're all breaking calls. So we got somebody around in my town going around smashing out windows and taking purses in the park. And I'm just like, man. And I mean, I'm trying to get to one call to the next. And it's just like, it's just not happening. And there's only one of me, but my homeboy, Brian, shout out to him. He hooked it up and took one of my reports for me. Save my life, <laughs> you know, and then I had a strange encounter when I was doing like I was going to the park to take a report and they told me the park it was at. And I go there and I see a car sitting there and this white lady in this van. And I go up to her like, ma'am, can I uh, did you call for the your car being broken into? She was like, no, but I am in trouble. I was like and I saw her eyes and the way she said it. I was like, oh, God, what did I just get myself into? I was like, what do you mean you're in trouble? I'm having some issues. What type of issues? My husband. What's the problem with your husband? And now this is where the police and me kicking off. I'm like, we got a battered domestic victim here. And maybe she's suffering for some mental illness or something. And then she leads with, my husband keeps putting trackers in my body. And people are following me. That's when I got on the 827 radio. Hey, uh, what's the location of uh, 823 Oh, okay. I'm at the wrong location. Hey, ma'am, I'm sorry. I got to go. Somebody else needs me. I am not dealing with this right. Nope. Ain't got time. 
got my child. I was like, ma'am, you and your voices and your friends in your head, y'all have fun, be safe. I'll be back. Not really. <laughs> Get in my car, then I go see my boy Brian, and he takes care of that one for me, and then we're on to the next one, man. So, yeah, it's been, a, like I said, it's been, it's been a little crazy. It's been hot and cold, man. And it's just been one of the things where it's like, and then also I had somebody take off on me the other day. I haven't had somebody run from me on a traffic stop in a while. A thief from Home Depot. Guess what? Couldn't do anything. Couldn't chase them because of our policies. And I understand. But, you know, it still hits the ego a little bit and the pride just like, God, like, damn it, you bastard. I want you, but I can't have you because the policy won't let me take you. You know, so we had that, man. And then. It was so weird, man. I don't know what has been up lately, but with me and juveniles, but I've been coming across some strange, strange, strange. I ain't gonna say strange kids, but just I don't know how to call what to call today's generation. They're not strange. I'm just gonna call them new age children. I don't know, but it's just I've it's been a little wild and they've been a little out of pocket. And I'm like, man, it's summertime, it's hot. We know what's coming. I mean, just like yesterday, I get called to a hobby lobby in my area. It's a burglar alarm. And I'm like, okay, surely, man, how many times have we gotten this alarm? And, you know, we were having problems with the power and electrical grid yesterday. So I'm just like, man, probably nothing, false alarm. So I pull up to the Hobby Lobby and I see this black car off to the side that left the Hobby Lobby. And now you all know what Hobby Lobby is. Hobby Lobby is the Chick-fil-A of department stores. Hobby Lobby closed on Sunday. Ain't nobody in Hobby Lobby. And Hobby Lobby belongs to the Lord and the parking lot and all things therein belong to Jesus Christ because it is holy ground. It is Hobby Lobby. That's what the H in Hobby Lobby stands for. Holy. So I get there and then I'm like, man, this is strange. Well, there's cars here. We'll see. So I roll up to the car. And next, thing you know, we got two young folks in the back of the car in the Lord's parking lot having a sweat session. Broad daylight. No tenant windows. Just going at it. And I'm just like, man, are you like, what? And so I'm like, hey, what are y'all doing? They both, you know, get big eyes, get scared. And it's, oh, my God, it's the police. And now I'm going to tell y'all, I'm the guy, I'm the cop that I really, really don't care. I don't care why. Because I've had my own fair share of rendezvous and parking lots myself when I was a young man. How dare I be a hypocrite and sit here and act like I'm better than these people like I've never done such a thing before? I've done it probably even some worse places. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> this, this show ain't about me and my wayward ways when I was younger, but it's about these two young people. Yo. So I'm just sitting there. No, they're, they're scared out of their minds. And I'm just like, man, look. And then my buddy asked me, he's like, man, what, did you let them finish? I'm like, hell no, I ain't let them finish. But I told him, I was like, hey, man, show that young lady some respect and get her a hotel room next time at least, dude. So, you know, I got other bigger fish to fry. So I let them, you know, put their clothes on. They go do their thing. And I check. Hobby Lobby is completely secured. You know, there's nobody in the building. Nothing's going on. And then I thought to myself as a man of God, and I was like, you know what, Lord? You sent me here to this Hobby Lobby and this alarm because you knew that these unmarried, unwed young folks out here was out here getting on in sin on the in the Lord's parking lot on a Sunday. The disrespect. And I was like, man, God, I know you sent me here to stop them from sinning. So I'm glad you brought me to this location at this time to help these young people get right. <laughs> oh, so that's what I thought when that happened, man. And <laughs> but of course, as a young man with experience in that type of situation, nothing could stop me. Nothing scared me at that point in time in my life. I, was, I don't care. I don't care. Hey, hey, yeah, we're going to leave, but we're going to find somewhere else to finish. <laughs> and people you know, always wonder, like, are cops really mad? When you catch somebody boning in the park or bonus or in public. No, we're really not. We really don't care. For the most part, it's a, it's not. Is it a crime? Yeah. Indecent exposure. But I mean, there's literally nobody around. And I'm like, man, is this really worth this juice? Really worth the squeeze of putting the squeeze on these kids? I mean, no, it's not. It's just two kids banging it out in the back of a, in a Nissan Ultima, man. And so I'm just like, man, you know what? My thing is. They weren't disrespectful to me. So guess what? I'm not going to be mad and I'm going to be like, hey, get yourselves together. Get out of here. I'm not going to go through all that, man. Tags was good. I was like, all right, there ain't nothing going on. Now, if there was if I suspected something criminal was afoot, was a foul, like a rape or something crazy. Oh, of course, I would intervene. But I mean, they were both smiling. Well, of course, after they realized I was going to let them go and I wasn't going to 
pursue this any further. Of course, they were both very happy and very relaxed. So, you know, but like I said, they weren't disrespectful to me. And me as a 13-year officer, your attitude to me is everything. You give me good attitude, man, I will give you a warning. I will work with you to the end. But you come at me with some craziness, some loud foolishness, some ghettoness, bro, I'm going to find every law and KRS I can hit you with and make your life miserable. Just because I don't like bad attitudes. You know, I didn't come into work to look for you today so I can get cursed out and get all that attitude. No. But since we're going to go that route, I guess what? I'll work with you. You know, and it reminds me of this young white girl we ran into a couple weeks ago. You know, it was going to be on the show I was going to talk about last week, yo. But, man, it's so weird how no matter where you are, where you live, there's always a neighborhood that's always nice. And there's always that one house, that one family and that one kid or that one group of kids that just ruins the entire block and it ruins the entire community. Well, I found that house here where I work at. And man, I, it, like I said, it wasn't even on my area, my sign beat. But guess what? I was going because my partner, my homeboy was going. I was like, man, I'm going to go with you since we're going. I'm, you know, we're both getting sent. So I get there. You now we get the call and it's a domestic, no violence. And, you know, it's a white family. But all of a sudden, I pull up and I'm hearing, uh-uh. let me tell you, whoop, 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 whoop. And I'm like, man, this must be one of the rare few black families we got in this neighborhood. Why? How do I know that? Because I've been around black people long enough, y'all. I know the vernacular. I know how we talk. I know the whoop, 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 whoop and all that. But to my surprise, out comes storming this young hood white girl. Oh, and she's just going off. What you niggas want? Boo, boo, boo. Uh, 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 uh. And just going off, going off. And we're trying to talk to this girl and calm her down. So she finally comes down a little bit. And we kind of have her cornered and we're talking to her. And she starts talking again. She goes, man, y'all niggas is funny, man. Y'all niggas is funny. And I was like, excuse me, young lady, who you calling a nigga? And right then and there, the hood in her completely left her. When she realized, oh, my God, trust me, she went from real disrespectful to, oh, I am, I'm very sorry, sir. I did not mean to use that term and call you that term. I was like, I know you didn't. I was like, oh, you better not ever, ever let me hear that word come out your mouth again, young lady. Do you understand me? Like the black dad in me came out. I was so mad. Now, personally, I really don't care if somebody calls me a nigga. I, I don't care who you I Don't bother me. Don't phase me. I've been called a lot worse things, especially during 2020, during the riots. And being called a nigga does not phase me one bit. I just pressed her on it just because I thought it'd be funny and because she really out here thinking she black. She thinks she hood. And I'm just like, trust me, you not hood. You know, you got one, you know, you got a black boyfriend or something. You might, might have watched a little bit too much BET, but you're not hood. But she felt like she had the hood pass and she was she was dropping that M-bomb real comfortable. To an old black dude, a police officer rolled up and she got real white and real straight real quick, real quick. And so we're talking to the guardian and then the guardian just like, I don't know what to do. And she's just so out of control. And, you know, I told her, I was like, well, you need to watch, tell her to watch her mouth because she might say that word to the wrong person. Well, officer, she swears and she just knows she's black. All she does is hang out with black people, listen to black music. You know, she t- she told me she was like one day she was getting her hair done. And I told her her hair looked wonderful. And you know what she said to me, officer? I said, what'd she say, ma'am? She said, it looks too white. I was like, oh, Lord. She said her hair looked too white? Yes, her hair looked too white. And, you know, the parent just kept going on and on about, I don't know what to do with her. And the more she's talking, she's just like, all she does, she just loves black people. All she dates is black men. That's all she cares about. Just She just loves black men and black people. And as soon as she said that, I knew right then and there, I lowered my head. And I started to say a prayer because I was like, ma'am, hate to tell you, but your baby girl belongs to the streets. She don't belong to you no more. Man, y'all had a good run. I don't know where you went wrong, but now she belonged to Tyrone and he ain't giving her back. The block ain't giving her back. Man, it was just so bizarre. And like I said, was I offended? Not really. I just thought I found it funny that she went from a straight hood rat to straight young straight white chick from the from the burbs when she when I when I pressed her on using the N-word, the thing is she know who she can and can't use it around. So somebody out there giving her a pass, 
whichever one of y'all black dudes out there giving this young chick the pass, I need y'all to write me a full-fledged paper on why and why you think she deserves the pass. You can't just pass the pass out to anybody. And that's Jeff Def. She don't deserve the pass, at period, on any level. But let's be honest, I know why you're giving her the pass, bro. I ain't dumb. I ain't stupid. I know what's up. <laughs> yeah, but just seeing that, you know, that young girl, kind of hearing her story, like, the one thing I get from my job is always, always is, it's a strong reminder to me and other men that, dude, we are important. Men, we have to be in our homes. Fathers, we have to be around. And like I said, it's a strong reminder to not merely be present and be a good provider, but be attentive, man, to your daughter's needs. Like, man, you know, I make decent money, but I tell people, man, I realize more and more as my daughter gets older, money is not enough. And buying her everything she wants is not going to keep her from becoming, you know, the catch me outside girl. It's not going to keep her from, you know, becoming, you know, the girl that belongs to the streets, that belongs to the hood, no matter how much money I spend on my daughter. And it is literally a reminder that if you don't love your daughters, there is a loser creep out there somewhere with a bunch of face tattoos, some strange sexual fetish from, you know, repressed childhood trauma that this dude, this fool can't keep a job, has no direction in life and doesn't even know how to treat a woman. And he's probably an abusive jerk. That guy is out there and he's lurking and looking for our daughters. And that is why we as men have to show our daughters by how we treat their mothers or how we treat their baby mama, you know, whatever your situation is. That is the cue these guys are looking for. Our daughters are looking for that. And if we don't give our daughters what they need, they are going to end up in a trap like this young hood white girl. And I, I, I God, it just breaks my heart, breaks my soul, especially as a father to see that. And then to know kind of the girl's history, like, man, maybe all of this could have been prevented by just, you know, being a strong, present father. Not probably, but not maybe, but definitely. I, I promise you that's the case, man. Now, men, we are so important, but we have been pushed to the sides in society and been deemed unnecessary and not needed when the truth is we really are. I mean, we are the backbones of our family, man. We are, dude. Without us, there is no family. You need men. We need fathers. And this young little white girl that belongs to the streets is a perfect example of why. You know, it's my kids are out of school for the summer. And, man, dude, they're around all the time now. So just before I came on the air, I was just like, y'all, look, I'm getting ready to do my podcast. Shut up. Sit down. Be quiet. I've given y'all plenty of time over the last couple weeks to just run and rip hell through the house. And me not yelling, hey, shut up in there. I'm recording. Y'all have gotten plenty of time to get this out your system, but they just never do. Don't know what it is, you know. But, man, so we're out on spring break or, excuse me, summer break, man, and you know, I'm trying to be as home as much as possible now. But, man, I was walking through the store the other day with my daughter. And out of nowhere, she just walks up to me and just grabs my hand and just starts holding my hand as, I, as I'm as i walking with her. And I'll be honest, y'all. I'm not a big hand holder while walking. But, you know, I'm really not. I'm just not that. I'm not a big in public affectionate person. You know, I believe that that should be, you know, that should be you know in the home around you know private places but you know time to time yeah it is what it is you know but man it, i realized when my daughter started holding my hand my initial reaction was to pull away like uh-uh. no 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 we in public what are you doing and i i stopped myself because i realized man my daughter's about to be 10 and i was like man you know what if i don't take this moment right now and seize it this moment where she wants to be my little girl and she wants to hold daddy's hand that if I don't take this moment, it's going to be gone forever and it's probably never going to come back and I'm going to regret it. But man, I took it upon myself to let her have that small moment with me knowing that such you know, small moments can be the difference between her growing up to be a respectable young woman like her mother, you know, with good morals and values and it could be the difference between her choosing that guy with the face tattoos 
and the bad habits and bad life choices versus her, you know, going completely the opposite direction and getting somebody that she, you know, that's going to treat her better than me. You know, and I also realized that small moment, maybe that's going to be the difference between her deciding, you know, to live this good Christian conservative life that we are instilling in our children versus her, you know, becoming wayward and just getting on Instagram and posing and shaking her butt and, you know, just, you know, shaking her booty on for OnlyFans and all. Oh, God, it just it just makes me mad thinking about it, man. But think just think about it. Just some random creepo out there in the basement with a neck beard clicking like on your daughter's photos and, you know, and she's doing all this, just seeking attention and wanting validation from the world and society all because she did not get it from you or she did not. My daughter did not get it from me. Like I think about that and that, that really scares me that that bothers me more than anything. You know, and I tell people the last thing I want my daughter doing is participating in one of these like pride events that they the pride festivals that they have right now where it's pretty much just people performing grotesque and perverted sexual acts in public in view of children and families without thought and concern for you no know, morale and like zero moral compass. You know, I was uh on Instagram the other day and I saw this video posted by Graham Allen and man, it's a so it's a pride parade. I don't know where it's at, yeah, but they got a white guy on the back of a truck. He's in a pickup truck. He's got his hands placed on top of the truck and he's kind of bent over and he's got it popping his butt out. And there's a guy behind him dressed as a dominatrix and he's just wailing on this dude's butt. And I'm just like, man, and the white dude with his hands on the truck, he's got on this weird suit of like rings. It's just so bizarre. And he's just this dude is just pretending to spank him. And I'm just like. What the hell does this have to do with pride? This is not a show of pride. All this is literally, this is just a form of debauchery. This is just disgusting, man. It's just, this has nothing to do with being gay. This is just everything to do with, hey, we're perverts. That's pretty much it. We don't have a moral compass. That's pretty much it, man. Like I said, there's pride month and then there's just pretty much just debauchery. And but now Pride Month is pretty much a celebration of debauchery and all things that are just outside of normal, outside of the scope of normal. And it's is it OK to have stuff outside of the scope of normal? Absolutely. But that should be reserved to your private places, your private bedroom, your homes, your houses, not for view of the public. Yeah, I'm all for not censoring people. But at the same time, we have to have some sort of of moral compass man America right now has zero moral compass dude I mean these people just walking in the streets with dicks all over them and I mean it's just bizarre man and it like I said it has nothing to do with just being gay because you could be gay all day trans and still have a moral compass being gay doesn't make you an evil person being gay does not mean that you have no moral compass you know and since it's pride month I was on Facebook the other day, and I was looking at man, the June 1st rolls around. I always start looking on my Facebook feed to see everybody changing their photos. Oh, my God, it's Pride Month. Yay, we're celebrating Pride. And I thought to myself, I'm looking at all the people changing and posting their pictures. I'm an ally. You know, you're safe with me. You know, it's okay to be gay with me. I'm your friend. And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, you know what? And it's something I never noticed over all the years that Pride Month has been going on and all the freaking gay people I know that are part of the gay community. I said to myself, it was weird. None of my friends from the gay community are changing or posting anything about Pride Month or changing their profile pictures. None of them. You know who's doing it? Everybody else that's not gay. Every, literally everybody else. Honestly, I'll be honest, a lot of white ladies, a lot of white women, a lot of white women, a lot of white women, boy. I was looking, I was like, man, that's strange. And every time it's just, hey, I'm an ally. <laughs> and I heard uh, on the Drinker Bros saying, you know, white women and Pride Month trying to figure out how they can make Pride Month about themselves. <laughs> They're finding a way to do it, y'all. But, you know, it's just bizarre. And I was just like, man, and I started going to all my gay friends pages like, yo, like, there's nothing up there about Pride Month. Not a thing. 
not said one word about Pride Month. And then I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know what? Also, I've known these gay people a long time. I've worked with them, been over some of their houses. And I thought to myself, none of them have come up to me and said, Dexter, would you like to be an ally to the gay community? Would you like to be my ally? Am I safe with you? That has never been a conversation or a word brought up not once in my relationships and communications with my friends in the gay community. Never been brought up. Now, we've had conversations about stuff, but it's never been about, am I safe with you? Are, are you okay with this? That's never been a conversation. Why? Because we're just friends. And believe it or not, gay people, just like regular every other day people, which they are, just want to be left alone. They want to do live their gay lives inside their house and be left alone. They don't need you as an ally. They don't. If they ask you to be an ally, that's one thing. But I don't recall anybody asking anybody to be an ally. Do you know what my gay friends want? Nothing. They just want to be left alone to live their lives. And more and more and more, I am seeing every day where more people from the gay community are speaking up against Pride Month and the craziness and foolishness that is going on with Pride Month because it is not the same. It's just not. I say they, these are gay people just want to live their lives. They live the same lives as I do. They just sleep with somebody different and have a different preference. Literally, that's it. They go to work. They pay their taxes. They have the same complaints I have. They want the same things I have for the most part. You know? But some odd reason, it's everybody else is making this big hoopla about Pride Month and celebration. And they're just happy that they could get married and live their lives and be okay. They didn't want the extra. But who wanted the extra? You know, people on the fringes of these movements are the people that want all this stuff that people never asked for. I don't think anybody ever went to the gay community was like, what do y'all really want? <laughs> if they did, they'd probably be like, okay, well, we're not going to have all these celebrations. We're just, hey, y'all get married and, hey, have a good gay life. Plain and simple. That's it. You know, but like I said, America's current infatuation with the LGBTQIA plus movement. Did I get that right? I don't know. That's a lot of letters, bro. A lot of letters out, a lot of letters out of order in the way I learned them personally. So, yeah, if I mess that up, oh, well, oh, well, it is what it is, man. But like I said, America is it's just so weird. The infatuation right now with the whole movement, man, it's become entrenched and it's become so much a part of our society. And the thing is, gays have people have always been here. That's always been here. There's always been trans people. But now it's like everything's front and center and for me when i started to get concerned was when we saw this permeating in the military that's when i really started to get concerned and thinking like man why is this in the military the military is not a place for social experiments if you listen to this show i have told y'all time and time again the military exists for one purpose to kill america's enemies in advancement of our goals and agendas as a country that is it there is no, you know, the military is not for ex a social experiment. Now, are there things that have been done experimental wise? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but nothing like this of this caliber to where they're letting trans people in and you got the Navy using a trans drag queen to recruit. It's just wild and bizarre. You know, so when the military starts to get involved in this stuff and it starts to affect us, you know, it is a problem and it is a parasite because I just want us to be able to go to, to our next war whenever that comes kick some ass and come home without losing a whole lot of people. Yo, that's, that's literally it. Yo, and the, the, but it seems like the military has lost its focus. I don't know what's going on, but it just, it's bothering and it's disturbing me. However, there was a small slither of hope and light. I saw when I came across this article the other day from the national security magazine, it said Pentagon leaders canceled drag show at Nevada air force base. Air Force leaders approved the show at Nellis Air Force Base in celebration of Pride Month. But Defense Secretary Austin and Joint Chiefs Chairman Milley said no. Like, wow, that's major, especially coming from a guy like Milley, who said a couple of years ago, I want to understand white rage. Like, bro, no, you need to be understanding combat, China and Russia. That's what you need to be figuring out. This whole focusing on white supremacy ain't it. That ain't the danger to a country. You know, what this danger to our country is our men and women 
being soft and being sissies, unable to go and conduct combat operations in a hostile, no, in a hostile environment. That's not America, man. That's that's what we need to worry on, yo. But seeing this article the other day was very shocking because they've really been pushing the whole LGBTQ agenda in the military so hard. And so for me seeing that, that gives me some hope that maybe this thing is not too far gone. Maybe there are still some decent leaders out there who aren't afraid to step up and say, no, we're not spending American tax dollars on a drag show on an Air Force base paid for by the American citizens. We're not doing it. And now, if you want to go off the base, which is what I believe they said that they could do. Hey, you want to go out on the community and put together a pride show for Air Force? Have at it. But you will not be using the American taxpayers dollars to put on a drag show. So. Bravo to those two. Like I said, I've not been a big fan of either of those two guys just because, man, they have done some weird, shady crap over the last couple of years hey, with Trump and all, you know, just with China. It's been super weird, yo. But like I said, I try to give credit when credit is due. And those two guys for shutting down that drag show on the Air Force Base, definitely a step in the right direction. It's one small step. But you know what? If we could take a bunch of those small steps, those small steps will eventually lead up to a complete shift in direction in the way that the military is going you know maybe america can be saved yeah i'm i'm not really sure how i feel when people ask you think it's too late to turn it around dex i don't know i don't know it's like it's it literally i waver every day but i just know that the less i look at social media the better i feel about everything you know because when i look at beyond my phone it's like well life is still pretty good you know and when life is going great i'm like i'm all in like yeah no america no home of the free, no home of the brave, and I'm loving America. Then I come up, get online, and I hop on my phone, and I'm just like, oh, shit, we're in trouble, y'all. We ain't going to make it. You know, it's when I see stories like uh, this Taylor Swift story where you have fans, grown people, listen to me, y'all, grown adults who love Taylor Swift so freaking much. They love her concert, and they said that they don't want to miss a second of her on stage. These grown people are going and putting on diapers. They are diaping up and going to a Taylor Swift concert. See, it's when I hear stuff like that, when I think, yeah, we're not going to make it, man. <laughs> we're not going to make it, man. Somebody shoot off the flares. The Titanic known as the United States is definitely sinking, man. Grown people wearing a diaper to a concert. Like how bizarre, like there's nobody on earth I don't care who you are, what you are, what title you are, how much money you have. Man, you, there is no way I'm putting on a diaper to go see you talk and perform and sit there and willingly piss and crap on myself just so I can hear your voice. Like, and for all people, Taylor Swift, like, yeah, the girl makes good music, but I'm, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. But my God, I'm not willing to sit here and just crap on myself for her or anybody else. Hell, if my wife asked me to do it, I'd be like, you out your damn mind. Ain't no way. There's no, oh man, it's just so bizarre. And people aren't just doing that. Like Americans, we're a special breed of people. Are you really used to think that like Americans, we were like the cream of the crop in the world? Oh, brother, no, 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 no. We've fallen so, so far. Common sense wise, yo, they were just, I just, I love you. Hey, my fellow, my dear fellow Americans, I love y'all. Hey, I would die for y'all, but man, boy, y'all make it hard to breathe sometime, y'all. When I tell you, bro, like when I heard that people were, her Taylor Swift tickets were so expensive, people were borrowing on their 401k loans. And you know, you can't borrow on a 401k loan without like a 30% tax hit. So people are taking out like $5,000 and paying 30% on that $5,000 just to go to a Taylor Swift concert. Then you have people you know, in this horrible economy getting credit cards and maxing out their credit cards just so they could get a Taylor Swift ticket. But, you know, they're going to be paying on that credit card for years to come. All just so they can piss and crap on themselves while they're listening to Taylor Swift sing and dance. Added that now, there is nothing in this world to me that is that important. And you got to think like, man, why would you put yourself in financial peril to see a concert for a singer who will never know you and all you're doing is making her rich. And while you're now you're going to be paying off your debt for the next couple of years, she's going to be jet setting across the world and living her life. 
and thinking to ourselves, man, so you believe some of these people out there in this audience are pissing and crapping on themselves in a diaper because they just wanted to hear my music? Boy, Taylor Swift playing, y'all. And if y'all out there doing this for real, y'all are idiots, man. Idiots. And I'm telling you that to your face. Know who y'all remind me of acting like that? The federal government. Politicians. The same people that got us in this mess of a debt crisis for America. You know, the biggest story that's been going around the last couple of weeks has been the debt ceiling. Now I'm, now, I'm not a doomsday debtor type of guy, but I do believe that certain point in time that you can only accumulate so much debt until it snaps your spine and you just can't do anything. How do I know? I've been there in my personal life where I've had suffering amounts of debt. But thanks to Dave Ramsey, I no longer have that much debt and I'm almost debt free again. So it's nice to live debt free, man. But I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, about the debt ceiling. I think America, we owe like thirty nine trillion. Yeah, something like thirty nine trillion dollars. You know that uh, somebody said it's something like six hundred thousand dollars for every American would have to pay to pay off America's debts. That is ridiculous. And that is also terrifying. Imagine if you lived your life like that, which most Americans do live heavily in debt. You're like, you just can't function. You can't sleep because the phone's always ringing. Somebody's calling. A debt collector's always calling because you owe. And then, you know, as soon as you get paid, you know, that money's going right back out the window. And so my thing is, why do we let our federal government operate as such? But yet, I want y'all to think about something when it comes to this debt ceiling thing. You can't get a federal job or you can't get a security clearance to become a police officer or like a special agent or work for the government if you have bad credit. And you got to ask, why is that? Why can't you become a police officer or get some sort of specialized job with, you know, you have access to sensitive information if you have a lot of debt? And you got to see when you are in debt, you are more apt to take bribes and commit crimes. And that's because when you're broke, you get desperate. And when you get desperate, guess what happens? You start becoming stupid and you start making stupid decisions. Because, you know, if you're in these high level positions like a police officer and you have crushing debt and you're out on the, here on the streets and you come across some money or you're clearing a store on a burglar alarm and the alarm, you know, the cameras is not working and there's money in the cash register and you got bills to pay. You got to pay these debt collectors. What's going to be what's going to start coming to your mind? You're going to be thinking, man, I could just take this hundred dollars right now. bro. ain't nobody even going to know. They'll never miss it. That's why you can't have people that have crushing debt in certain positions within the government or certain positions where you have a high level of responsibility and authority like a police officer, man, because you will become easily compromised because of the amount of pressure that you have on you because of the debt. And if that happens and we know that, bro, think about it. You got this high level position. And then you got all this debt and a Chinese spy approaches you and asks you to sell some certain information. Oh, you're going to definitely consider it because you're going to be thinking, well, yeah, but I could really use the money. But I love America, though. But, you know, hey, bro, here's these nuclear secrets, man. That's how it happens all the time, y'all. All the time. You have to find somebody's sensitive spot and sensitive area. And like I said, for most people, it's the finances, man. Literally. America, we are being crushed to death by our poor finances. And but for me, the thing is, so why do we continue to allow our government and our elected officials to continue to operate in such deep debt when we ca ourselves can't get a job in the government if we are operating in such deep, if we have that much debt? But for some odd reason, we continue to let our government operate at such a high level of debt and if you don't think we're compromised by the Chinese and the Russians right now because of how much debt we got, especially the Chinese, because they literally own almost all of our debt. You are a fool, man. Dude, China right now owns 384,000 acres of land in America for agricultural, quote unquote, agricultural purposes. Why is that? Why would China own land in America? But America doesn't own any land in China. Why? Because China has us by the balls. 
has our big hairy debt balls and there ain't a damn thing we can do about it because they own us, man. And our politicians ain't nothing they could do about it because guess why? They, they got their hands in Chinese pockets. And, well, excuse me, the Chinese got their hands in their pockets, stuffing cash in it to keep them quiet. And so, like, I tell you, it's so bizarre, man. Like, it is really with the American government. It's do as I say, not as I do, which is a tale as old as time when it comes to politicians barking orders and telling people what they need to do, what they should do to how to make their lives better. But you don't ever see any of the elected officials doing it themselves. Remember COVID? Everybody needs to stay inside. Don't come out. You know, you're not essential. You know, don't go out. But you got politicians out here going to get their hair done, going to have dinner with their families while all the rest of us suffered. And now we have another idiot politician up on deck doing the same old song and dance of do as I say, not as I do. And that is none other than New York City Mayor Eric Adams. If you all don't know, Eric Adams is a former police officer, quote unquote, police officer. Not going to say if he was any good of a police officer, because everything I've read on him and heard has said he was a scumbag of an officer. Not that he was a bad person. He's just not a good officer. But now he's the mayor and this guy, man. So I heard this statement from him the other day, and it was in reference to the illegal immigrants that are currently flooding the border at mass and record numbers and making their way into the interior of the United States. This statement Eric Adams made where he's asking and telling his citizens in his city, New York City, to open up their homes to take in illegal migrants with no background checks, no nothing. Just take some strangers into your house. If you don't believe me, I'm going to play the clip for y'all. It is my vision uh, to take the next step to this, to go to the faith-based uh, locales, and then move to uh, private residents. Uh, there are residents who are suffering right now because of economic challenges. They have spare rooms. Uh, they have locales. So it's cheaper and it's a good investment for us to go to a, uh, a family and assist them instead of placing people in large congregate settings or in these emergency hotels. The closer we bring the asylum seekers and the migrants to everyday New Yorkers, the easier it will be for them to transition into uh, society. There you heard it straight from the man's mouth. Open up your homes for like a hundred something dollars, hundred ten dollars a night to an illegal alien family from who knows where in the world. Yeah, ain't no way in hell. Like I said, I don't see him opening up his house yet, but he's going to pass the buck to his people first. The people that he that voted for him and put him in office, he's going to pass the buck to them and the responsibility when it should never be our responsibility as citizens to let you know, take care of these people. Because one, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's probably going to piss some people off. And you're an officer of the law. You shouldn't say that, bro. I don't want these people here. You are not welcome. Now, if you come here legally, absolutely. You do things the right way, absolutely. Come all, come one, come all. Man, bring your skills, bring your family, yo, but do it the right way, yo. But people coming here simply because our government doesn't have the balls or backbone to enforce our own laws at the border, to protect our own country and our own citizens? Yeah, I'm not going for it one bit. I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't like them. You're not welcome here. This is my home. This is my country. These are my people. These are my states. These are my tax dollars. My tax dollars should not be going to fund you and your illegal venture, illegal adventure all the way across America. You all need to be rounded up and tossed back across the border to where you come from. Now, people, you can't say, yes, I can say that. Yes, I can. Because, like I said, this is my country. My, I swore an oath to this country to protect its citizens. And my job is to protect citizens from people like you all who we don't know who you are. I don't know your history. I'm not necessarily saying you're a bad person. Sure, there's some good people there, but still, we don't know your history. And I see it more and more in the news every day, you know, of illegal aliens getting, you know, in trouble here and doing this and that thing there and man you got rapes happening you got murders and all this stuff going on DUIs bro and it's all from people who have no business being here 
Yes, America is a welcoming country to those who come the right way, come through the port, do it the right way. But when you're sneaking into my country, I got a problem. Let me tell you something. Try sneaking into my house at night where my family's here and see what would happen to you. It's not going to be pretty. I promise that. But yet you have you know, elected officials telling people to take strangers into their homes in which you don't know. Uh-uh. Ain't no way in hell. That might be good enough for you all on a national federal level, but that ain't good enough on a local level, especially when it comes to my home in which I am the mayor, the president and the king of this castle, baby. And I ain't taking in no damn body in my home. I don't care how much money you're offering. Why? Because my responsibility, just like it is to take care of the country, my responsibility is to take care of my wife, my son and my daughter. And I can't do that because I don't know who these people are. Be a complete different story if I knew you. Hey, man. Oh, what's up, Hector? Man, you doing all right, man? My, my friend. I I need some place to stay tonight, my friend. We we cool, my friend. Like, yeah, man. Hey, bro, I got you for a night. I know you, Hector. You're a good dude. That'd be a complete different story. But I don't know these fools, and I don't plan on getting to know them. You know, more and more every day, I start losing more faith in our government and our country. I'm not going to say our country. I'm just going to say the people leading this clown show right now. I just... You know, but at the same time, I, I none of us should be surprised because this is just the way it's been and the way it's always going to be, apparently. But, you know, I'm hoping for some sort of revolution by the American people. When I say revolution, people, I'm not talking about a violent uprising, yo, but it takes the American people stand up to say, dude, you know what? No, and, and no, no more. No more. We're tired of this crap. We're not doing this. We're tired of our tax dollars going to Ukraine to a war we don't agree with and don't want to support. And we're tired of our tax dollars being spent on people who aren't American citizens. I mean, for the crying out loud, think about it, man. All the homeless people you all see in your homes, when you step outside and go to the major city, you have American citizens everywhere across this country laying in gutters, out of their mind, crazy. Don't you know, can't afford medical insurance, can't feed themselves. You know, I mean, we have kids getting killed in American schools left and right by active shooters. And we say, you know, we don't have the funds to take care of our own people, but we got the funds to take care of freaking Ukraine. And we have the funds to take care of everybody else's reject citizens from across the world. We got the funds to take care of them. But here we are facing cuts at the VA. The VA is going to get their budget cut by possibly 22 percent. You are cutting the men and women who signed their name on the dotted line saying, I'm willing to give my body and my life so that this American experiment can continue to go on. And you all promise to take care of those men and women, myself included. I mean, but you're going to put that oath on the back burner to take care of people who have done nothing from this country, but are coming here to suck off of our resources and be leeches. That's a problem, man. And I see it more and more every day and I get more and more sick of it. Every time I see an article that comes out that says, you know, the VA facing cuts. You know, I did a podcast on a while ago about the uh, they were talking about cutting VA benefits. And somebody was like, they're not going to do it. I'm like, bro, the fact that they're talking about it, they're going to cut somewhere. And that's part of the solution for the debt ceiling is that 22 percent cut to the VA which is absolute bullcrap. You need to be funding more money to take care of the men and women that keep y'all asses safe under the blanket of freedom that they provided to you cowards. And then so, you know, people say, man, what are we going to do, Dex? What are we going to do? You know what? I don't have the solution. I'm venting. I wish I knew more. I wish I knew how to change these people's minds. I say vote them out. Vote them out. But at the same time, it's like, how do you vote a alligator out of a swamp? That's already filled with other alligators. Bro. It's so hard to do. You know, so in my mind, I think if things are going to change in America, we need three specific things, three things. I think the first thing we need is term limits, because there is no reason why you should have somebody like Joe freaking Biden, who has been in government his entire freaking life. The man has never had a real job. You get in government to serve. And when you go to serve, serving is not you don't serve to get rich. But each and every last one of these freaking rats, these Democrats and Republican rats, each and every last one of them come in with nothing and they all leave 
filthy, stankin' rich. Every last one of them. And they stay in these positions of power for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. What's the, uh, uh, Diane, was it Diane Feinstein? The one they willed in in a wheelchair looking like the Crypt Keeper not long ago? She went to go vote on something. And I'm like, bro, who in America, if you willed this person into a McDonald's, bro, you willed this person into Walmart, and Walmart will hire anybody. You would her in Walmart, but hey, she's going to be a door greeter. They're going to be like, no, the hell she's not. <laughs> bro, she can't even walk. She can't even stand. She can't hardly talk. But you're gonna. this is the person you all have deciding on American affairs and what's best for the American public. I mean, hell, Joe Biden can't even barely walk on his own. This dude's stumbling all across the floor and all across the stage because and he's been in government office his entire life, y'all. And this is who we have. There needs to be term limits, man. And of course, the only way to get term limits is we have to get the people in office that are going to be like, you know what? Hey, maybe we're going to look out for the American people, see what they want. Now, we're going to change some things. No, maybe we shouldn't be able to sit in these positions for, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years and just get filthy rich. yo. So that's going to how we need term limits, first and foremost, man. But I also understand. I know that's going to be hard to do. Big, how are you going to get somebody to vote themselves out of a job and making buku bucks? You can't. It's hard to do. Is, is it possible? Yeah, I believe it's possible. And I think the more and more we keep going at this current trajectory, more and more Americans are getting pissed off. I'm saying Americans. I'm not saying Democrats. I'm not saying Republicans. I am saying Americans, period. We are all tired of the BS, man. And then the other prong, the second prong we need to look at besides term limits, it's age restrictions. You know, there, there are age restrictions for a reason. You know, there's a certain reason why they have age restrictions in police work. Some places don't. You know, there's an old black officer that's been policing for life. The dude been policing like 70 years, man. God love him. I respect him. But at the same time, it's just like, homie, let's be real, man. <laughs> You're going to sit here and take this report. I'm going to go chase this burglar down, all right? <laughs> you know, not to disrespect the man, what he's done. But there comes a time to where you have to take off the uniform and some people say retire. I don't say retire. I say transition to do something else because your age, you're getting older. You're not going to be as sharp as you were, not as fast as you were. Hell, I'm 39 and I'm hurting every day, putting on my gun belt and getting in that car. But I'm still doing it because I'm still in good enough of a shape and at a decent age to where I can still do the job. There's no reason why we should have people in Congress that are freaking so old and bitter in Braille that they just can't even walk themselves in to do the job, man. Any other place, like any other place in America would not hire these people. That's why we have age restrictions. But for some odd reason, we think it's okay for them to literally run the country. You know, I remember looking at the last, uh, what's the uh, speech the president does, the state of affairs address. And I was just looking at all the old people in Congress. I was just like, bro, like what? Look at all these old ass people, man. And you, they've been in there a long time. And I'm like, oh, these people should have been gone a long time ago. I'm talking like they're so old. They can't. They've like out aged a retirement home old. Like, bro, like don't go to retirement home. Go straight to the cemetery, my man. You are literally dead. Like you just have a your wrinkly body with a pulse. And they, I'm just like, man, America deserves so much better. I know what you think. But they got plenty of wisdom yeah, they got wisdom, but that's why as you get older, you don't cram wisdom and hold it for yourself. You share it with the people below you, the people coming up behind you so you can phase out and go do something else. Yeah, but like I said, we've made it too lucrative to keep these old ass people in these positions and in these, in these seats of power for too long. So we need to put in age restrictions. Yeah, you can't come in to Congress at age 16. I'm sorry. You just can't. Because at age 16, you're probably somewhere in a Hobby Lobby banging it out, you know, on the Sunday, on the Lord's Day, you know, in the back of a Nissan Altima. You can't have, well, hell, we got some politicians doing that up until they freaking <laughs> 40, man, you know. But you just don't make good decisions when you're 16. You need some life experience. You need something behind you. It's not enough to just be, hey, I, why do you deserve this position? Because I was born and I exist and I'm six. No. 
We have to have age restrictions, man. We have to. We got to put a you know, minimum level, and then we got to cap it at somewhere. Personally, I'm, if we're going to cap it, I'll say we cap it at like 60-something. What's the age of retirement in America where you get your AARP card or whatever, and you can get your uh, Social Security? Cap it at that age, man. And then also, if you're going to be doing that, you need to do a physical every freaking year. You got to take a test every year to show that you're competent to do the job. And the last prong in which we need to make America better, get us on a better trajectory, get the money out of politics, y'all. Honestly, if we could get the money out of politics, we could get rid of a lot of scumbags because, man, scumbags, love, everybody love money, but scumbags really love money. Scumbags love and cherish money above the Constitution. Scumbags love and cherish money above their fellow citizens. When you make being in Congress, you know, in the House of Representatives, when you make that be so lucrative, you're going to have people that scam and scheme all day to get into these positions and stay there, man. So if it wasn't so lucrative to be in Congress, people wouldn't do it. You would have the people that would be like, man, you know what? I want to go make a difference in my country. I want to make this place better. I'm not going to do this to get rich because I'm not going to get rich. I want to go serve a couple terms and be done and then go back home to being a farmer, a police officer, a doctor, babysitter, lawyer, whatever it is. That's what it's supposed to be and that's what it needs to be. But we can't do that right now because we have so much money from, you know, special interest groups and, you know, PACs and all this, man. There's just so much freaking money flowing in and out of the government and out of politics, man. And where you find money, you find corruption. No, I'm not the guy that's going to sit here and say money is evil. No, money is not evil. But I know people. And I know when people see money, people get stupid. Like I said earlier, when people in debt, man, people get in debt and they get dumb and they get desperate and they get stupid. And it's the same when people see money. People lose their all their sense of mind. They lose themselves. And all they want is that money. And that's their only focus, man. I, how would we go about doing I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know everything about the political spectrum, you know, how they do money and how they spend it and how much they're allowed to spend. I just know that we have to make it not look very good, interesting, and sexy to want to serve in Congress. Like, you know, you like it's kind of like going in the military. When I joined, man, I saw the commercials on, you know, the recruiting commercials, the, the Army Rangers, you know, jumping out of planes, coming up out of the water, doing all the cool guy shit, rappelling out of helicopters. And then when I got there, I was like, damn, man, it ain't nothing like this. I've been on this floor scrubbing this, you know, scrubbing this tile with my toothbrush for six hours, man. My back hurts first, Sergeant. I'm tired. But, you know, we may, it's not lucrative, man. It, it, it looks great on TV. But when you get there, it's not that. And the thing is, Man, everybody sees how great it is being in Congress. You got the limousines and, you know, you get all these special perks and all this. And you become a lightweight celebrity when you become one of these people. You know? And so and, and like I said, there's just so much money to be made on their behalf by special interest groups, man. And that sucks because if you don't have money in this country, you don't get to go up to Congress. Well, hey, bro, I need this bill to pass, man. Here you go. I'm gonna slide you this. I'm gonna slide you this fifty thousand dollars, bro. We don't. I don't. We don't have that ability. I don't have that ability. My only hope is that somebody's like, man. I know these cops are good people. We're gonna try to put something through for them. But I can't buy influence. Some people can, and like I said, that's one of the downsides of a capitalistic economy. And now I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with capitalism, but hey, there's no such thing as a system of government that is perfect. And get, trust me, I will take capitalism over freaking communism, Marxism, socialism any day. But that is definitely one of the flaws in our system. And that's the fact that people can buy influence. People can buy laws. People can buy certain things that they want because they have the money to do so. And the rest of us don't. So that's what we got to do to get this thing together, America. Like I said, man, we got to get these people, you no know, term limits, age restrictions and Follow the money and get it out of politics, man. That's the only way we're going to you know, start to slowly correct this train wreck of an American dream that we've had. This American experiment has been because man, I still love America. 
even as jacked up as America is right now, this is still my home, man. I love this place. You know, I'm still, you know, regardless of how people feel about the wars, I'm still proud to have served in Iraq, you know, in the war on terror. I'm still proud to call myself an American. I just know that it could be better for everybody, everybody. But we just got to get a, a couple, four, five hundred people out of the way that are keeping us from doing that and achieving that because they're not concerned about us. They're only concerned about padding their pockets and keeping their positions of power and staying in government in which they've been in too long, man. So ladies and gentlemen, this has been the I am Pitts podcast. I'm not going to keep going. I thought about it, but I had another section I was going to do, but it's Monday. It's summertime. I just left the jujitsu gym and my throat hurts because I got choked out. I'm going to talk about that on the next one. And But man, uh, I'm going to get ready to go ahead and cut this one off. Get ready to go spend some time with the family. But man, hey, let me tell y'all, thank y'all for tuning in, man. Thank y'all for sticking with me. You know, when I came back and did the last episode, I only had 176 downloads. I was like, I'm sure I've lost some people. But man, if you are one of those that are still here listening to me and subscribing and tuning in, hey, just let me say, Thank you. I appreciate you. And I love you. I really do. I mean that this show does not go on without you, man. You all each and every download means the world to me. It is precious. And I, you know, I I, I take it serious when somebody's willing to click play and listen to me talk for an hour and willing to listen to my point of view and opinion when there are literally millions of other podcasts out there that you can listen to millions of them. But for some odd reason, you all keep coming back to the Iron Pitch podcast and listen to your boy Dex spit on the mic for about an hour, man. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. I just want to tell you that I, I don't take it for granted. I really don't. Like I said, my apologies on, you know, it's summertime. You know, I'm a dad. I got other stuff going on, man. But hey, as I promise you, I'm going to keep doing as much as I can when I can. I'm going to keep trying to bring you all good content as much as possible and if you're listening to the show and you hate it guess what i don't care suck a big one bro but thank you for the download anyway trust me i've got i've gotten some uh comments recently like, you know i'm just i don't i don't care like i said if it was only one person and downloading and listening guess what i wouldn't care because i do this as a hobby and i really really enjoy it this ain't about the money because this definitely costs me money this is about you all this is about america this is about me being a free voice and speaking up for America and sticking up for God and Christ in this country and sticking up for what's right. Because we don't have enough people in current time America who are not afraid to speak up and say what's on their mind because everybody's worried about the repercussions. You know what? I At this point, you know what? I don't care about the repercussions. I'm going to stand up for America now. I'm going to stand up for America tomorrow and I am forever going to stand up for America and the conservative values that I have and my belief in Jesus Christ. I'm going to always stand up for it. Always. I can promise you all that it might have some different views and opinions than y'all that you all might not agree with. But guess what? That is absolutely OK. That's the wonderful thing about the First Amendment. We don't have to agree on everything. I'm all for debate, man. I'm all for learning stuff new. I'm all for it, man. But I'm going to go ahead and get ready to get up on out of here. If you all could, you know, do me a favor. Please share the show. Tell your friends, tell your aunties, your moms, whoever it is, your wife, your spouses, you know, your friends in the prior parade. Tell them, you know, tune into the Iron Piss podcast. Also, I want to give a shout out to my sponsor, Gunfighter Trading Company. These guys are awesome. If you're in need for some manly smelling candles, Go to gunfightertrading.co and get you some of these nice manly smelling candles. Like I said, they got the goat soap and they also got the cool bombs now, the beard bombs. And they also got the tattoo bombs for your skin. If you're trying to get your, get your tattoos together and keep your tattoos looking nice and smooth, get the tattoo bomb they got. Also, go get your merch. Get yourself a Gunfighter Trading Company shirt or hat. Absolute legit. Great quality. I promise you will not regret it. And when you do go and get all those orders and place all that stuff in your basket, don't forget to put in code PITS, P-I-T-T-S, for 15% off. Do that. Also, don't forget, 
Your boy wrote a book, man. I know it's been a while and I haven't mentioned it, but, mentioned it, but go get I Am Pitt's Memoirs of an American Patriot. If you want to understand why I am so patriot, patriotic and love America as much as I do, you need to learn my life story and why and the things I've done. I mean, from the battlefield of Iraq to the streets of Louisville, Kentucky, to the Marshall's Task Force, to the working on the southern border and the Border Patrol. My God, I mean, two failed marriages. I'm on a third marriage. PTSD, separation, anxiety, you name it, I've been through it, man. Absolutely been through it. My God, it's been an amazing life, man, when I read and think about some of that stuff. Like, my God, have I really done all that? I really have in 39 years. That's why I say it's a good story. I promise you will enjoy it. You will enjoy every second and every page. And if you want, get the audio book and listen to my smooth voice serenade as I tell you about my crazy jacked up life. All right, people, so I'm going to go ahead and get ready to end this one. Man, thank you all for tuning in. This has been the I Am Pits podcast. Thank you all. As always, I will see you all on the next one.